your power and your strength. It all comes with knowing you in Jesus' name. Let's just lift our hands right now. If you have people on your mind, maybe somebody that you want to pray for, let's take a few minutes and let's just let the Lord know that His burdens are our burdens in Jesus' name. Lord, I know that You're not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And God, I believe that is just an absolute across-the-board prayer that we can pray any time. I pray for that, Lord God, especially, Lord God. You said that we could, you know, we could just call upon You, Lord God, and You're there in Jesus' name. Touch these people, Lord God. Touch everyone in this area, Lord Jesus. I would pray that even those that are online with us tonight would feel the effects of Your, of your, of your mercy and Your grace in Jesus' name. Touch, Lord God, and strengthen, Lord Jesus, everyone here in the name of Jesus. And I give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. What do you say? We just thank the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. The Lord open up our minds and our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Praise God. If I had an altar, um, an altar um, uh, name for the lesson tonight, tonight is talking about rejection, I would, um, I would say tonight will be the night where we, we, can, we can gain thicker skin. Um, I think, in, in my opinion, and, and in my observation, that is a lot of what I've needed, especially with the subject that we're dealing with tonight. Uh, rejection is, is a real deal. And, um, and we can say, we can sit here and say, well, it doesn't affect me, and I don't, it doesn't bother me, and that type of thing. And I hope we don't do that too much, because we're really lying. Rejection is not something human beings, anybody wants. And so um, uh, last week we talked about the fact that God wants to propel us into purpose. And that one of the major purposes that we discovered last week was the fact that one of the purposes God has for us is to resist temptation. And we get our cues from Jesus. He's the one. We're going to get our cues again from Him tonight. Um, um, if you want to really get uh, into the depths of, of this Bible study last week and this week, um, take and read the fourth chapter of the book of Luke and read it maybe like two or three times and let God just kind of soak some things into your heart because that's really what, what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with uh, kind of the beginning stages of Jesus' ministry um, and, um, and his ministry um, is and was powerful. There's no question about it. But it was not without temptation and it was not without rejection. Amen. You know, the scripture says, and we'll make reference to this maybe a little bit later on, but the Bible says that he came unto his own. You know how the rest of that goes? And his own received him not. Now that in, in direct reference is dealing with the nation of Israel. Jesus became um, a, a child of, of Israel. And what I mean by that is he had Jewish parents. And so um, he was raised as a Jewish child. And so the protocol was for him to go to the nation of Israel first. In fact, there was a time when somebody came to him and he said, this is not the time, you know. And so God is a God of protocol, you know. And so we see that Jesus came to the nation of Israel and, um, and spent a great deal of time ministering to them and showing them the great things of God. But unfortunately, as a whole, the nation rejected him. 
and that is a sad reality. But the thing that we're going to talk about tonight and the thing that I hope that you will catch is that didn't stop him from ministering. And a lot of times that's why you and I have to develop thicker skin is because we're going to reach out to people that just absolutely, for whatever reason, and I'm not here to try to become um, the analyst here, but for whatever reason, they don't want it. It's not something that they're, they're signing up for right now. And in years past, we've kind of felt like, well, you know, if I hit it hard enough and I threaten them and all of that kind of business and use all of that, what I would consider um, fleshly psychology, you know, I can get them to come to church. And, you know, you're right. That kind of stuff can work, but it never has much of a, um, um, a lingering effect. And so, um, realistically, people have to be ready for the things of God. And, um, and we can continue to pray, because that's one thing that, in my opinion, if you catch nothing else here tonight, please don't let rejection keep you from praying for people. Don't let that happen, praise God, because it would be a, that would not be good in Jesus' name. I've got a story here I'm going to read. I think this is good. I think it's applicable. And I think it's... Um, what they call poetic justice sometimes, or irony, I think, that type of thing, I think it's got a little of both of it in. Listen to this. Following the end of World War II, the German capital of Berlin was divided into two cities, East Berlin and West Berlin. The divide between the two uh, portions of the city soon came to be symbolic of the um, ideal, ideal, ideological divide between the free and the democratic nations of the West, particularly West Germans' chief ally, the United States, and the, um, the oppressive communist regimes of Eastern Europe and Russia. East and West Berlin would remain divided for three and a half decades, with the infamous Berlin Wall serving as the unsightly physical reminder of that division. Does anybody remember that? You remember that when, when President Reagan spoke that? I remember that too back in the 80s. That was quite a deal. Didn't he make that demand? If you're not afraid, tear that wall down. I thought that was pretty cool at the time. Well, on the western side of the wall, residents of West Berlin enjoyed a wide range of liberties, including freedom of worship. On the eastern side, the athe atheistic communist government of the German Democratic Republic in East Germany um, tightly controlled the daily lives of its citizens while officially rejecting belief in God and restricting religious practice. I can remember Brother Urshan telling the story of when he went over there, how he had to get into like five different cars. And they had to go around the city and, and just it was just quite a deal in order for him to get to a place where they were secretly worshiping God. I'll never forget those stories. They were, very, they were really something. In 1965, the East German communists commissioned the construction of a 1,207-foot um, tall broadcast tower that would re represent what they saw as the superiority of their system over the ideology of their Western counterparts. You might have seen that. It looks kind of like a spear that goes up. Oh, she got it. Very good, Sister Carnahan. Thank you. It says, the tower, which would be known as the Berliner, it says, um, was completed in 1969. It's architecture, which featured a giant spear covered 
um, with 140 stainless steel panels was intended to commemorate the success of the Soviet Sputnik 1 satellite. That's what they, they made it to look like, which the East Germans saw as a demonstration of the technological superior, uh, superiority of their system over the West. Now, soon after the tower was completed, now listen to this, this is so cool. Soon after the tower was completed, the East German government discovered what they viewed as an embarrassing flaw in the structure's design. Well, when sun sunlight reflected from the stainless steel sphere, it reflected the image of a cross. I think that is so cool. I really do. The communists had rejected the very idea of God. Yet every time the rays of the rising sun struck the, that, that structure, the enduring symbol of Christianity reflected across the East Berlin um, sky there. Quickly recognizing the irony of the situations, residents of West Berlin began referring to this phenomena as the Pope's revenge. I'd like to kind of consider it as God's reflection. Can somebody say amen? amen. Well, in 1987, um, President Reagan's speech before, the, um, uh, before that Brandenburg Gate, the speech in which he famously challenged the Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev to tear down the Berlin Wall, then U.S. President Ronald Reagan noted that East German officials had repeatedly treated the sphere with paints and chemicals of every kind. They were trying to get rid of that. Well, in an effort to keep the symbol of Christianity from shining throughout their city. Yet even today when the sun strikes that sphere, the sphere that uh, towers over all Berlin, the light makes the sign of the cross. Reagan noted there in, in Berlin, like the city itself, symbols of worship cannot be suppressed. Can somebody say amen? Come on, that's one of the things that God wants you to understand about rejection. Is that rejection doesn't stop the move of God. Amen. Now we understand God is not going to force people to live for Him. Amen. But there, I don't care who doesn't want to live for God. They're not going to squash the power of God to show Himself real on His behalf in Jesus' name. Praise God. Symbols of worship that cannot be suppressed. Praise God. The atheistic East Germans discovered that while they may have rejected Jesus Christ in His cross, His message would continue to be proclaimed even if He had to commission the rays of the sun to be His messengers. Can you say Amen? One of the things that the United Pentecostal Church found when the Berlin Wall came down is they had no idea how many people, how, many, how, big, how big churches were there. You know, and there were a lot of churches there, but in the apostolic numbers, there were churches in that city and in that surrounding area that numbered over 50,000. Now I'm talking of while three decades uh, a government was trying to suppress the move of God. So I'm here to tell you folks, you know, we can, have, um, we can have confidence in what God is doing in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so think about that. Praise God. Let me ask you a question. If there was one landmark that you could go and visit, what would that be? 
I'm not going to, I'm going to start over here tonight. Okay, is that all right? Okay. How about a landmark that you could go and visit? What would that be? Which one? Somebody. The Colosseum over there in, in, in uh, Rome? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it'd be. I've seen pictures of it too. How about here? A, 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 um, um, what did I call it? Landmark. landmark. Okay, yes. What? Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai? You'd like to go see Mount Sinai? Yeah, it'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anybody else? Come on, you guys are awake, right? That story didn't put you awake, right? Okay. Symbol, or symbol, what would you think? Well, let me just wake you up. I'd love to go see the Statue of Liberty. In fact, one of these days, if the Lord tarries, my wife and I are going to go to New York. I'm going to see some of those buildings that we've never seen. Oh, she's shaking her head. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we are, and we're going to take a tour. A tour? Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to go to that. I'm going to go to the Statue of Liberty. I think it's cool. Come on, there's lots of things in the world, praise God, that I'd like to see. And, and I, I think you guys would too. And I think they're symbolic of what, um, you know, what we represent in Jesus' name, praise God. But tonight, let me ask you the real question of the Bible study. How do you handle rejection? You don't have to answer that. You can think about that. How do you handle rejection? Do you get mad? Start throwing things? You know, pout, whatever the case is. And I'm just having a little fun, but you know, bottom line is, you know, how we handle rejection really tells a lot about what kind of character we have. It really has, praise God. And so as I told you before, our, 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 our um, chief example tonight, of course, is one and only Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about how that He overcame temptation. You remember how He did that? Anybody remember how? Raise your hands if you remember how. Sister Carnahan, how did he do that? Yes. That's exactly how he did it. It was no mystical, you know, um, you know 12-page formula. He just knew the Word. And praise God, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I can do that. You can do that. Now, you're not going to be like, you're not going to be totally like Jesus Christ. But you can have some characteristics like Him. And so when it comes to things like temptation, you and I, we've got a pro that has taught us how to do it in Jesus' name. Now the same goes for rejection. Praise God. And one of the things that you will find when you begin to study the character and, and the life of Jesus Christ, which I would highly recommend, make that on the top of your bucket list, that you're going to get to know Jesus more than anybody else. And you will not regret that. And you will find some hidden strengths, praise God, that God has put inside of you, praise God. You want to know why? Because Jesus said one of his, the, his um, inaugural speech, if I can put it that way, he quoted scripture. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Praise God. And the Bible says he put that book down and one of the statements he made is he said, this is being done right before your eyes. 
Amen. And so this is why God wants to put you on front street sometimes, is that God wants to show this world, praise God, that there are people that have a relationship with God that can begin to resist things. They can begin to do powerful things in the name of Jesus. And you know something? You're one of them in Jesus' name. Now come on, lift your hand right now and give God permission to do some deep things into your heart tonight in the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this, for this, this divine guarantee that you've given us. That, Lord God, we can become Christ-like. You said that we could have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. And God, I believe that's happening right here tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost come upon us. And we're going to become witnesses in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for it in advance. For all that you do in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I think a key tonight, one of the keys is, is, that, is not to say, don't ever let me be rejected. Or don't ever let rejection come my way. That would be a foolish thought because that's not going to happen. It's just like temptation. You live in a world that you're going to be tempted. Praise God. Now I do believe that through the help of the Lord we can avoid some temptations. But there are certain things because you and I live in a world like this, we're going to be tempted. So we can resist. Can you say amen? amen? And so it's the same thing. You can you know, grab your little cans of beans and go up into the mountains and live all by yourself if you want to. Just so you can avoid some rejection. But I'm going to tell you something folks. You're going to feel it in Jesus name. So you and I, we would be better off if we started spending our time saying, God, how can I handle this? How can I do this? What are some of the things that you would allow me to do in Jesus' name? And one of the things, like I said, I'm going to repeat this a lot. Jesus just kept on ministering. He just kept on doing it. Praise God. I'll never forget when, when we were in the early years here in, in, in Gillette, we had a, a church split. There were some people that were in the church that did not want to come under the authority of doctrine. And I wasn't shoving it down their throat. I really wasn't. But boy, they thought I was. And there was about eight families that decided they were going to leave the church and start their own. And that's exactly what they did. And I'll never forget the Monday morning that I got the news of that. I mean, I was devastated. And I'm not afraid to say that. And so, you know, the first thing that I did, I went to church. That's what I did. I only lived about maybe 50 yards from it so I could just walk over there. And that's exactly what I did. I went over to the church and I began to pray and I asked the Lord to help me, praise God, to, to, to deal with this because I knew His Word was true. I knew that I hadn't, and not because I'm, I'm, I can't make any mistakes, but I knew I hadn't made any mistakes about His doctrine. And so I began to pray and I remember feeling the power of God come in, in into, into the room and, and sensing that God was wanting to do something, praise God. And I'll never forget after about 45 minutes of praying, I, heard, I felt like I heard the still small voice of God. And you know what God told me to do? He told me to go teach a home Bible study. That's exactly what he told me to do. And you know something? That was, you know, that was the days when I was going up to the jail two and three times a week, you know? And so that afternoon, guess what? At 12.30, I went to the jail. 
And I began to, began to teach a home Bible study, praise God. And you know something? The anointing of the Lord was there. That's what I want to emphasize, praise God. The anointing of the Lord doesn't depend on people. It depends on your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus helped us to understand. What did He say in the fourth chapter here? He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And so you and I, we can understand that when rejection comes, praise God, we can just keep on ministering the way the Lord wants us to minister in Jesus. Jesus' name. Now last week we talked about his, the, the beginning stages of that in the fourth chapter of the book of, of Luke. Well, if you continue on in that chapter, you're going to find one of the first places that Jesus went was he went home. Literally, that's what he did. He went back to Galilee. In, in particular, he went back to Nazareth. That's where he was raised. That's where you're going to find that as a little boy, he would go to the synagogue. You know, he would go to church. He would do all kinds of things. So it's a natural thing, praise God, for him to want to go back home and to share this with with people that he knew. Don't you think so? Praise God. You would think that they would have had a ticker tape parade for him. Jesus has come walking into the city, praise God. And here it goes, man. Everybody's whooping it up. And my goodness, you'd think that Tom Brady was, was coming into town. No, it was Jesus Christ, praise God. And he was coming into town, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. He was, gonna, he was fixing to help people to understand what the real power of God was. In Jesus' name. Now watch this. Watch this. Look at Luke chapter number 4. I'm going to use some scripture here tonight to help somebody. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says in verse number 14. Luke 4 and 14. This is kind of where we left off yet last week. The Bible says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee, and there went out a fame or a report of him through all the region round about. Now in order for there to be a report to go out about Jesus, he had to be doing something. Come on, he had to be doing something. And this is what I want you to catch. Some of the best therapy that you're going to have, praise God, when things maybe don't go quite the way you think they should, is to go and start doing it for somebody else. Praise God. I remember, you know, um, um, counseling uh, a man one time that was, and I won't mention any names, and you don't know him. He's, he lives somewhere between the east and the west coast, okay? Well, the bottom line is he was feeling bad because of some of the family things that had happened. And he shared them with me, and there was no doubt there was some hurt there, and there was some tremendous things that happened in that family. And I'm not justifying any of that. But this man was hurting, and he had come to me, and he needed a godly answer. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't like to make stuff up. But I remember as he was describing to me the rejection that he was getting from his children. And I mean, it was terrible. They were calling him all kinds of bad names. And I mean, it just wasn't pretty. And man, he just said, well, Brother Carnahan, what am I going to do? You know, I said, well, I said, first of all, you've got to learn to forgive them. You know, Jesus, when he was on the cross, he mentioned something like, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing. And sometimes I've learned that sometimes people really don't know what they're doing. And when it, really when it comes to rejection, a lot of times they just don't. A lot of times they just don't want to be bothered with it right now. But the point of it is he said, well, what should I do? I said, well, I said, you need to forgive them. And I said, and you need to move on. And I said, one of the ways that you can move on is I said, you can share the love of Jesus Christ with somebody else. 
I said, you can get involved in other people's lives. And you know something, folks? I have found that to be so true in a lot of cases. So many times, we've got people that we've got them in our sights. And bless God, we're not going to let them out of our sights until they accept this message. Can somebody that's as hard-headed as me say amen? Come on, that's what we do. And sometimes we make a huge mistake because what we do is we begin to drive people off. We begin to make it really more miserable and worse for them than even God wants to do it. But the, the point I'm making is, is that in my opinion, there's always going to be somebody out there who wants to receive something from God. And I believe if we can really begin to, 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 to notice that and let God begin to do some things in our life, I believe this idea of rejection will go a whole lot easier in Jesus' name. And so consider that. Widen your, your, your horizons a little bit. Amen. And by the way, you might want to check back with some of those folks that were in your life that rejected this a few years back. And they might be just a little more open to the fact of what God can do in their lives in Jesus' name. In fact, I feel led to pray right now. Let's pray together in the name of Jesus. Father, I feel this. I sense that there are people here that have really had to deal with rejection in their life. And I believe there is, a, there is an ointment here that you've made available in this Bible study right now to help people in that realm. That maybe they've, they've, they've had children or maybe they've had parents or whatever the case is, God. I, maybe there's some real hurt there. But God, I believe that you're going to help them. You're going to touch them. And you're going to give them something to do, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And I give you praise and I give you glory all in advance for what you are doing right now in their lives in the name of Jesus. Touch them, Lord God. Just like you went to Galilee and you went to Nazareth. Help us to go back to some of these places that we know and help us to do the things that, that you want us to do in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, I give you the praise and the glory in the name of Jesus. Now I'm going to fast forward here just a little bit. Jesus told them, he said that, he was, that, that one of the prophecies that would go forth is to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the Bible says he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And the Bible says in that church service that all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Get this. And the scripture says in verse 21, this is what I've talked about before. It says, And he began to say unto them, This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Now one of the things that I want you to understand is that's the truth of God. That God is, God's word is going to be fulfilled. Amen. Everybody in this world is going to know about Jesus Christ. Everybody in this world, praise God, is going to know about God's word. If that wasn't the truth, then God would be a respecter of persons. If he says that he loves everybody, what did the Bible say in the third chapter of the book of John? God so loved the, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You and I can rest assured, praise God, that God is going to do everything that he can to get that message out in Jesus' name. And so you must understand, Jesus made some statements here that I think that you and I can understand. Now look what it says here. The Bible says in verse number um, 22, verse 22, I'm still in, in, in Luke chapter number 4. It says, And all bear him witness, and wondered at the gracious words which he proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? 
Now they're going back. They're saying, we know this kid. Isn't this Joe's kid? And the Bible says, and he said unto them, ye will surely say unto me, this proverb, physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever you have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Amen. And boy, I mean to tell you, that's the truth. And you want to know why? It's because people knew you. People knew where you were coming from. Now I understand that can work both ways. But boy, when you talk about relatives and when you talk about people who knew who you were and where you came from, boy, you must understand that sometimes they're going to have a little bit to get over. They're going to have some things they're going to have to deal with. But you know something? With the help of God and with time and with His power, I'm talking about some people that are sitting in this room, some folks that are joining us online tonight, that God is going to use you in the name of Jesus to help people understand that people can change. And boy, I mean to tell you, when they come and they start mentioning that, and you give all the glory to God, do you know what happens? All of that rejection stuff just kind of goes to the back burner, and people begin to open up their hearts and their minds to the things of God. Come on, do you know something? somebody that needs that right now, why don't you just lift up your hand right now and begin to pray to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help them in the name of Jesus. Oh, I believe that the Lord is here, praise God. I believe the Lord is here in the name of Jesus. And we got to get back to the fact that God is using us. Come on, He propelled us into a purpose that we can resist temptation. And tonight He's going to help us to deal with rejection. That's what He's going to do. Come on, there's healing in the house tonight oh hallelujah hallelujah in the name of Jesus 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 now here's what I want you to see uh, at this point in time praise God that Jesus begins to make a um, he begins to make a proclamation about the Old Testament and he uses two characters he uses Elijah and he uses Elisha Okay, And you must understand that God used those two prophets in the Old Testament to perform miracles. He did. But look at what he says. Look at what he's saying here. The Bible says in verse number, 20, in verse number 25, But I tell you a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city in Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Do you know what that means? That means that God couldn't work in that part of the country. Why was it? Because there was a nation that was rejecting him. How do I know that? Because the man of God came on and said, it's not going to rain. It's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Now you want to get somebody upset with you, you start making those kind of predictions. And then if you really want to get them upset at you, let those predictions come true. For three and a half years, it did not rain in that country. That's how much God wants to reach people. But God wasn't through um, doing miracles just because there was a nation that didn't want Him. He sent, he literally sent this person down to a Gentile, praise God, and said, man, I'm going to perform a miracle. Do you remember what the miracle was? 
Remember, she didn't have any meal. And she was fixing, you know, she was fixing to, to starve. And you've got to understand, a lot of that had to do with, with the weather. You know? But the bottom line is when the man of God came along, God allowed that meal and for that oil to begin to flow. Come on. And I'm here to tell you that's what I'm talking about. Even though some people don't want it, there's others that do. And this is what you and I got to get good at is saying, God, send me to somebody that's open for this in the name of Jesus. And I believe that that's one of the ways that God will help us to deal with rejection. Praise God. In a bigger scale, if I can put it this way, in a bigger scale, you must understand, praise God, in the book of Acts, you know, God reached out to those Jews and there were many people that were coming to God. But you must understand what God did. He opened the door wide for the Gentile nations. Amen. Do you remember that? Come on, there was a man that was praying. His name was Cornelius. And the scripture tells us that he was offering up prayers to God on a regular basis. And guess what? An angel ended up at his front door one day, knocking on that door saying, you know something, God hears your prayers. Come on, do you think there's anybody in Gillette, Wyoming right now that's praying some prayers right now that says, God, I want to know what you're doing. I want to know what your Bible says in the name of Jesus. I believe the same thing, my friends. And that's why sometimes we got to look at Rejection, praise God, is saying, God, you're moving me closer to somebody who really wants to hear this in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you something. Rejection doesn't have to be the final order tonight. I'm going to tell you something. You can begin to see God work miracles, praise God, just like he did back then. And the scripture says, he says, how many lepers, I'm in chapter, verse number 27, Sister Carnahan, verse 27, 4 and 27. It says, and many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elisha. It says, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, but saving Naaman the Syrian. Here we go again. God says, hey, if these people don't want it, I'm going to go to somebody that will receive it. Now, let's just take Naaman for instance. You remember Naaman? You remember when, when, when that little gal, you know, testified to the fact that, man, God, we have, there's a God in Israel, praise God, that can do miracles. You remember that? Well, that word got back to the king, you know, or to the, to the leader of the Syrian army, praise God, and he liked Naaman. And so he purposely sent Naaman to his, his door. He sent, his, he sent Naaman to the door of that prophet. And do you remember what was the first response coming out, coming out of that? Sure you do. You remember that he sent a messenger out there and says, go wash in, in, in the Jordan River. Do you remember what happened to Naaman? Come on, he got pretty bent out of shape, didn't he? In fact, he was ready to go home and just throw the whole thing away. But thank God for a couple of a meek and mild servants that were with him that said, listen, if he'd have told you to do something, you know, like this or like that, you'd have done it. Why don't you give that prophet a try, praise God. And you know what Naaman did? He, whatever that, that rejection must have came off of him in a hurry, but he went down to that river. And you remember what he did? He wore seven times. That was the order, praise God. Wouldn't you like to have been there that seven time when he came out of that water? I'm telling you something, every bit of leprosy was washed off in the name of Jesus. This is what I'm talking about, folks. Sometimes we got to realize that maybe the first thing we're going to hear is a little bit of rejection. But if we'll just keep on doing what God wants us to do, if we'll just keep on going and, and being the person that God wants us to be, I'm going to tell you something. I believe there are going to be miracles 
miracles and there's going to be power and there's going to be things that will happen in people's lives in Jesus' name. Sister Carnahan, I'm going to have you play the video if you don't mind. I'm going to have you play the video in Jesus' name. You know, it's human nature when we come across good news or treasure just to kind of circle the wagons and just bring your close friends and family along. When people have a good job, they want to just hire their friends and family or a good restaurant or find hidden treasure somewhere. We've seen that same problem sometimes with the gospel. In the Old Testament, the Jews were God's special people, but they were supposed to be a blessing to the rest of the world. And so many times we see that they excluded others from the blessings that God desired them to be. And today in the church sometimes, we have to be careful not to make that same mistake. It's so easy to be more comfortable reaching out to people that look like you, think like you, and vote like you. But the gospel has always been more effective in reaching people that are not like us. You look at our greatest revivals of this century overseas. We go to countries, different language, different religion, different cultures, different ethnic groups. And that's where the greatest revival happened. And I think part of the issue is as fishers of men, we are the bait. And many times when you go fishing, you're gonna to have to use a bait that's unlike what you're trying to catch. And when you're trying to catch things that look and feel and think and act like you, they don't see as much of a need because they think you already are the same. So the power of the gospel is reaching beyond our comfort zone, reaching beyond our cultural group, reaching beyond our ethnic group, reaching beyond people that think like us, act like us, and sometimes even vote like us, and taking the gospel outside of these identity groups and reaching others so God can get the glory. So I challenge you today to look beyond your norm and who you're comfortable being with and don't hoard the good news and circle the wagon, but open the gospel up to reach anyone and everyone. As Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might save some. So let's reach out and let's save everyone. Praise God. That's an excellent thought, isn't it? Let me take you to some scripture here and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wind this thing up here a little bit. I've taken this just a little bit of a, dire- a little different direction tonight because I've, I sense, praise God, that there's some real, real healing that's, going, that's taking place in here right now in Jesus' name. But look at Isaiah chapter 53. I want to show you something. And this, of course, is, is prophecy referring to Jesus and that type of thing. And, um, and I want you to notice some things here. Chapter number 53 of Isaiah and verse number 1, it says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It goes on to say in verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That's, that's quite a deal, isn't it? It goes on to say, He is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. But look at verse number four. Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and submitted of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, praise God, we are healed. 
And then the scripture says in verse number 6 when it talks about us, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now this is describing Jesus Christ. This is exactly what he came to this earth to do. He knew that, that what, what was going to happen was not going to be pretty. But we must understand, praise God, because he knew what was going to happen down the road. Praise God. This is what kept him focused and this is what kept him doing what he was supposed to do in Jesus' name. Now I feel led to do something here tonight and I'm going to do it. So it and and I'm I'm going to ask if you have some areas of your life right now that are dealing with rejection, I want you to come. I'm not going to ask you any questions. I'm just going to simply pray. I'm going to believe God to heal some things here tonight in the name of Jesus. Just come on down to this altar here and I'm going to have a word of prayer with you in Jesus name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm anticipating God to do some great things in Jesus' name. You don't have to be ashamed, praise God. I'm speaking against that spirit of of shame right now in the name of Jesus. And God, you're loosening things already in your spiritual realm. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, tonight, this night, Lord God, you are setting the captive free. Lord God, in the name of Jesus you are setting the captive free right here tonight Lord God we might have experienced rejection but you did too Lord God and you're healing our hearts right here in the name of Jesus oh hallelujah hallelujah yes Lord God you are going to do a complete work here in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus William I want you to come over here I want you to come right next to him and Tom I want you to grab his hands too and I want you three to bind together right now in the name of Jesus yes God is going to do it praise God that this is your will Lord God for this to happen tonight you brought these people out here for such a time as this I come against shame I come against the scars Lord God that have appeared and I give you the glory and the praise in the name of Jesus that Lord God you're healing right now you're healing the brokenhearted. you have set at liberty them that are bruised in the name of Jesus. Oh yes. Yes. Here tonight in this Bible study you have set the captive free. Yes. You two bind together right here. Come on. Just for a few minutes. Oh in the name of Jesus. Lord God right now Lord Jesus. Yes. I come against any and all of that shame in the name of Jesus. It is gone in the name of Jesus. Your love and your power and your and your blood Lord God has washed us cleansed us clean in the name of Jesus and now Lord God you're going to help this oh in the name of Jesus yes your word and your spirit Lord God is going to do that divine therapy in their minds and their hearts and Lord God I expect miracles I expect things to happen here Lord God because of what your word and spirit says in the name of Jesus oh halabakorotokomaha Yes, I feel, oh, right now, in the name of 
Jesus. You are setting the captive free. You are setting the captive free. In the name of Jesus. Yes. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. You two bind together now for just a few minutes. You two bind together now. You two bind together. Come on. Come on. This is lifting right now in the name of Jesus. He has set the captive free in the name of Jesus. Father, I accept that in the name of Jesus. Your word and your spirit, Lord God, is here for that purpose in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. If you're online with us tonight and you're feeling this too, I want you just to lift up both of those hands right now, wherever you're at. And I want you to begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Come on. Rejection doesn't have to be the end result. Rejection, praise God, is just the beginning of what God is going to do in your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. You call upon the Lord. You expect Him. He's the one that loves your soul in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ubahacha. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it, Lord God. That's it. Let that let that well of living water come out of their soul right now, out of their heart, out of their spirit in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord God. Yes. Yes. The captive is set free. I claim that right here tonight in the name of Jesus. The captive is set free. Mm. Oh, Yeah. In the name of Jesus, the captive is set free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it, that's it. That's in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praises be unto the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 I'm going to let you guys get back to your seats for just a few more minutes. I've got a couple of more things that I'm going to that I'm going to do here before I'm done tonight in Jesus name. Praise God. Praise God. And I, I, I feel like I'm speaking to somebody that's online tonight and hopefully you'll receive this in Jesus name. In Matthew chapter number three, this is where we see Jesus as a man. We see him come and um, of course submit himself unto the ministry of, of John the Baptist. And we understand that this was the forerunner and one of the um, um, one of the, uh, um, the key statements that John the Baptist was to make was he was to introduce the Christ. 
And that's what he did. When Jesus came, he said, Behold, he said, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world in Jesus' name. But here's what I want you to see. The Bible says in verse number 14, I'm in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And of course, I've used this in, in baptisms before as, an, as the idea that Jesus said, Suffer it to be so, for thus, we, for, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And that is an important thing that you and I establish with our relationship with God. Because if we'll just do what God wants us to do, we're going to find something from God that, that, in my opinion, will supersede anything that happens to us in life. What do you mean by that? The Bible says, well, then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased praise God in my opinion this is one of the reasons why you and I must um, uh, get into the into the habit of pleasing God because once we get into the habit of pleasing God I'm going to tell you something regardless of what people do with it amen you're always going to have his favor and this is the thing that I, I feel like one of the paramount things that Jesus taught us. That's what we see in his ministry. That he didn't allow rejection or he didn't allow when people didn't want to hear it or whatever the case is. He didn't allow that to stop him. And he just kept going, he kept going, and he kept going. And, and you know, the rest is history in Jesus' name. And so if others reject me, you know, I'm still going to do what God calls me to do. And I believe that's a commitment that we need to make here tonight. That whatever happens, praise God, in life, no matter where, where God takes me and that type of thing, that I'm going to keep doing what God wants me to do no matter what. I, I really feel that tonight. There's probably somebody online that this is going to help you in Jesus' name. You just keep doing what God wants you to do regardless of what other people are, are saying or doing in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to find strength like you have never, ever found it before in Jesus' name. Praise God. Now you just sit there and I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray that God will help you to receive this with meekness because this is an engrafted word that's going to, it's going to make a difference from here on out in Jesus' name. Rejection is a real thing. Jesus experienced it and He gave us the path in which we can, we, can, we can move on from it in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these people. Many of these have, have experienced to a certain degree some of the things that we're talking about here tonight. And I know we, don't, we, we thought we had it tucked down deep and nobody could see this. But Lord God, tonight, through your will and through your ways, you decided to bring this out tonight for some reason. And I'm okay with that. There's been rejections in my own personal life, Lord God. God, that I could never have gotten over these things if it wasn't for you. And Lord God, I thank you for this tonight. I believe the healing power of the Almighty God is here right now, Lord God, to help us that this shame and this distaste in our mouth is going to leave and we're going to find a direction, Lord God, that you have given to us, Lord God. And it's going to complete this thing in the name of Jesus. That's it, Lord God. I put that, I put that out, Lord God. This is your word. This is your 
spirit. And I believe this is happening here tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I give you the glory and I give you the praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I thank God for His mercy. I thank God for His peace. And I thank God for His joy in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory. Amen. And the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name for you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no one else like you for you are great yes you do miracles so great there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. One more time, let's sing it. Because you deserve the glory. You see, when you worship God and the uh, you are doing what pleasing, what is pleasing to God. Lord, we lift our hands in worship. As we lift, you see, that's pleasing to God. Amen. He loves that. Oh, yes, you do. That's what you're doing. Praise God. And the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship. As we lift your holy name. For you are great. Yes, you do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great, yes, and you do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Can we just one last time lift up our hands and thank the Lord for His healing. His healing, His power in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, what a glorious, glorious power of Almighty God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By faith, I anticipate uh, testimonies of what God has done and how He has done it in our lives and taken shame and rejection and, and turned it around so that He can get the glory in Jesus' name. And so the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Don't forget Sunday we have two services, one in the morning and one in the, in the evening. Praise God. And so the Lord bless you for the rest of the week. And go with God and understand, praise God, He's for you in Jesus' name. Lord bless you. Thanks for coming tonight.